The grace and peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Let's turn and greet one another. We welcome you to Laguna Presbyterian Church on this uh, beginning of the new year. And if you didn't realize that you are 100 years old, because this is our anniversary year. Begin, it is 2017. We do have another anniversary that is right about this time of year. I don't think it's today, but I hear that Marvin Pat Drew have been married for 66 years. Wow. Wow. Congratulations. Would you take the friendship pad? It's in each one of the pews. It's near the center aisle. We'd love to have you fill it out and let us know that you're here with us today. It's a black folder if you can't figure out what thing it is that's in there. Uh, you can see that if you'd like to help celebrate our anniversary, we have anniversary shirts and hats, uh, baseball caps, that are out on the patio today. Terry Shubin's going to be out there, I believe, helping you to buy those. They are wonderful. Also, there are things that are happening even this week to celebrate our anniversary. We're kicking off the year by going on a tour of the Anna Hills exhibit at the Laguna Art Museum. Anna was one of our founding members, and that is this Friday. We do need you to sign up. Already we have about 32 people signed up, but you can do that out on the patio. If you've signed up, you just meet at the museum right at 11, and we pay at the museum. Uh, also, our third Friday group on uh, January 20th invites you to join them to hear and to meet Anna Hills. Um, I've heard that she might show up, but I'm not sure if she's showing up this year, uh, as she did a few years ago. But we have a couple of people from the she's museum to, who are coming to talk to us about her. Pardon? She's a lot older now. She is. Uh -huh. Well, she can probably still make it, though. You know, I think she probably could. We also have something that is brand new that begins in three weeks from tomorrow, and that is a new group for children, Club 325, and it is from 3 o'clock to 5 o'clock. On Mondays, you do need to sign up. There's a charge for it. It's for children grades 1 to 5, and it's doing some homework and some games and a Bible story as part of that. It's a very exciting program that they are trying out this year. There are going to be some tutors available for kids who need help with their schoolwork, too. So you will want your child to be part of that. Lots of other things that are going on. Um, Herb Newt Barr, our member, passed away at age 108. And uh, the information here is a little wrong. Herb service will be January 11th, but that's a Wednesday, not a Tuesday. So a Wednesday a week from now will be the service for Herb. And as we get to the end of the year, although uh, some, we know that some of the checks have been coming in over the weekend, so we haven't yet seen every single one of them, but it's looking like we're coming very close to uh, meeting our budget. So we thank you for your generosity in this last year. Let's turn our hearts to the Lord. Let us pray. God of all faithfulness, you have opened the gates of mercy for your people and are always ready to welcome those who look to you. Look on us in compassion that in this time of worship, we may gladly respond to your love and grace and faithfully walk in your way. Through Jesus Christ, the cornerstone of our faith, we pray. Amen. Join me in the responsive call to worship from Ecclesiastes. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill 
and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to throw away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. And so let us stand and praise God together. Great is thy faithfulness to us last year and to us in this new year. Great is thy
will stop and give you praise. Let's sing that line. We will stop. We will stop. us adore him. Oh, come let us adore. Oh, come let us adore. Oh, come let us adore him. Christ the Lord will praise your name. Acapella, O oh come. the call to confession. After eight days had passed, it was time to circumcise the child, and he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. When the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male should be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and the sword will pierce your soul too. Let us pray. O Lord, in your presence, our inner thoughts are revealed. 
And so, O Lord, forgive us, for our hearts have not learned the lessons of last year, let alone the lessons of our histories. And we are still aiming for the holy grail of self-preservation to the neglect of loving our neighbors. O Lord, be full of grace for those we injure and ignore because we are so certain that the best thing we can accomplish in the new year is to lose 10 pounds or update our wardrobes or secure a decent tax rate or to simply just try to keep things the same. O Lord, break open the hardness of our hearts. Break our hearts with the things of the world that break your heart. O Lord, we seek your mercy. Be merciful to us, creatures of dust, creatures of habit, creatures you call sons and daughters, joint heirs with Christ. We who through our baptism are raised from death to new life, who receive the promised presence of Emmanuel, God with us. Hear now the silent confessions of our hearts. Amen. Hear the words of pardon. Luke tells us that in the temple that day there was also a prophet named Anna, a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When Mary and Joseph had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth, the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. And God's favor is upon us through this child, who is the one called Son of God, Son of Man, the one in whom we now have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Amen. I want to encourage you to open up your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 41 through 52. You'll find in the New Testament portion of your pew Bible. Like many of you, I brought in the New Year at New York time last night, 9 o'clock. You can relate, I'm sure. And we celebrate this New Year today, and what a, there's no better place than to be in the house of God to celebrate the new year. Amen? Amen. To be in the presence of our Lord and to hear from his word, to receive his encouragement and to be built up in faith. We're going to be reading the one story we find in the Gospels about Jesus between the ages of his birth and 30. We're going to see why Luke chose to have the story in his Gospel. So hear now God's word to us. Now every year... Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up as usual for the festival. 
When the festival was ended and they started to return, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. Assuming that he was in the group of travelers, they went a day's journey. Then they started to look for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. And Jesus said to them, Why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. And then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. His mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, our God, now as we hear your word, fill us with your Holy Spirit this morning. Soften our hearts that we may delight in your presence. Sharpen our minds that we may discern your truth. Shape our wills that we may desire your ways. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. It was the fall of 1988, and I was starting my first paid ministry position at Arcadia Presbyterian Church. My main responsibility was middle school ministry. Now, I can still remember my boss on the first day of my job taking me outside in front of the youth cottage to tell me a story about the last guy. Now, here's a valuable safety tip for people out there this morning that may be looking for a job. When your boss takes you outside and it's your first or second or third job and they are telling you a story about the last guy, you listen closely. You remember, learn from it, put it right there near the frontal lobe in that filing cabinet. Now, apparently, the guy before me had taken a group of 50 middle schoolers up to Magic Mountain in Valencia. That's about an hour drive from Arcadia. As the park closed at midnight, the students took their seats on the bus out in front of the park, and they headed back to the church at Arcadia. As they pulled into the lot, there were all the parents expectantly waiting for their child, filled with sugar, ready to go to bed. And one by one, the cars left the lot. After a few minutes, the lot was almost empty, but there was still one car parked in the lot. The mom got out of the car, stared for a while at the empty bus, went inside the bus, looked around, came outside the bus, and just stood there and stared at the middle school director. My boss at that point in the story put his hand on my shoulder and he said, don't be that guy. 
Now it all makes sense, doesn't it? If you've ever been a chaperone on a trip that I am doing, you'll notice why I'm always counting. Be it Disneyland or Club H2O Surf Camp or Forest Home or Molokai, I am always counting. I'm counting when they arrive, I'm counting during the trip, and I'm counting when we get back home. I want to make sure every student get back to their parents. Always counting. Now, I had a perfect record until our mission trip to Molokai 2015. It all happened so quickly. (laughs) It was our first day on the island, I had so much going on in my mind, I pulled up to the Chevron station, I gassed up the borrowed van, ran inside to the mini-mart to grab a couple of cases of water for our groups. All the while, I'm thinking about how am I going to get lunch to all these different work projects scattered around the island. I hurriedly got back into the van, put on some calm Hawaiian tunes on the radio, and off we went to the host church to get our service assignments. I can still remember driving down the highway singing to those Hawaiian tunes, tiny bubbles (laughs) makes me feel fine. And after about five minutes, I thought, I'm not feeling fine. Something just didn't feel right. And I turned to my navigator and I said, something just doesn't feel right. And I pulled over and I started to count. Holy fish and poi, I left somebody behind. Never leave a man behind. I pulled over, as I pulled over, the kids are yelling from the back in the van, Steve forgot Taylor back at the gas station. Good job, Steve. (laughs) Those long E's are there. I know I've done something really bad. So I pull the U-turn. As I pull the U-turn, I'm thinking about my old boss. He's in my mind's eye, and he's staring at me, and he's going, don't be that guy. I was that guy. I pulled into the gas station, and there he was, one of our senior guys. He was even one of my roommates for the week. He had his angry eyes on. His arms were crossed. There was this big, huge local guy standing next to him, kind of protecting him for those five minutes. And when the guy saw me pulling a lot, the big Hawaiian guy just shook his head at me. And I know that look he was giving me. It was that you mainlanders are always in a hurry look. And I said to Taylor, you just keep that in your back pocket. That's a get-out-of-jail-free card for you someday. (laughs) Right on. Thus, I have deep sympathy for Mary and Joseph in this story. We all do, don't we? I'll bet you've got a story when you left somebody behind and you didn't know about it. Or maybe you were the one who was left behind and you know all those feelings. There's that mixture of anxiety and frustration, that smidgen of anger on top, the feeling of relief when you find the person or you are found. Although... Their responsibility was the Son of God. Instead of counting to 50 or 5 or 3 like I do all the time as a parent, they really only had to count to 1. I mean, they were parenting the Messiah. But let's be fair. In all seriousness, it was a very different time. In their defense, they wouldn't have traveled on their own as a family. It was Passover 
one of the three main festivals in which the people of Israel would make their pilgrimage up to Jerusalem. And of the three festivals, this one was the most important. A huge contingent would have made their way from Jerusalem, from Nazareth to Jerusalem and back again. And not only for safety's sake, but also for community's sake, the people, the relatives, all of the family members would have traveled together as a caravan. We can only imagine how many made that long journey to Jerusalem and how many people met them along the way on that trail to make their way to Jerusalem. Some estimate that Jerusalem would have swelled by at least eight or ten times. That's a lot of people. The nation would gather together to remember the night. The night that happened hundreds of years ago in Egypt, that night when God called for the Hebrew people to take the blood of the lamb, to cover the doorframe of their home, that the angel, bringing death to the firstborn, would see the blood of the covenant on the doorframe and pass over the home. The blood of the lamb would bring life and deliverance to the family, life and deliverance to the people of Israel. Mary and Joseph, being godly and responsible parents, they took their 12-year-old son to the week-long festival in Jerusalem out of obedience to the command. Now we see Jesus is 12 years old here, 12 years old. He's just one year away from becoming a young man in the Hebrew culture. He would soon be recognized as a son of the commandment at his bar mitzvah, where he would have full participation in the life of the synagogue. From an early age, Jesus would have been mentored, not only by his earthly father, Joseph, although Joseph would would hold the most responsibility, but by other family members and religious leaders in his hometown to prepare him for this life event. We can be sure when traveling to Jerusalem, to the temple on this particular trip, that there would be much instruction from Joseph to Jesus. He would say, there, there's the city of David, the city of the king. There's the temple, and there's the place of the sacrifice. And there's the most holy place that represents the presence of the Lord, of God. I thought as I read through this story this week that in just a couple of decades, Jesus would become the sacrifice. He would become the true Passover just outside those city gates on a cross. And Jesus would become the true temple the place in which we worship God and know his presence. Well, the festival comes to an end, and it's time to travel back to Nazareth. And we can be sure that Jesus was a well-adjusted and responsible child. They probably thought he was way up ahead in the caravan or behind with family and friends. And we read that a full day had passed before Mary and Joseph realized they had left Jesus behind. What did they do? They did what any loving parent would do. They did what any normal parent would do in terms of how they reacted. With anxiety and frustration, they made their way back to Jerusalem. And we're told on the third day, after much searching, I always thought, where else did they search before they went to the temple? But after much searching, they made their way to the temple, and as they walked inside, there he was. He was sitting with the religious teachers, 
He was listening to them. He was asking questions, and he was even giving answers. There's the young Jesus living into the presence of his father in the temple. Mary asked the question. She phrases it differently than I probably would have. She said, child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you with great anxiety. And with the answer, Luke prepares us for the rest of the gospel story. Jesus said, why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's house, my father's business? He wasn't left behind. Jesus stayed behind. At this particular point in the story, at this particular place in Jerusalem, to make the significant statement that God the Father is his true Father, and he is the unique, one and only Son of God. Even at the young age of 12, Jesus was aware of the fullness of God in all of his being. And even at 12 years old, he knew the direction the Father would take him for his call, his life, and his mission. On Christmas night, we were sitting around the dinner table, my family, my in-laws, my brother. And towards the end of dinner time, my father-in-law asked a question that stuck with me this week. He said, what is your hope for this new year? What is your hope for this new year? I ask you that question right now. What is your hope for this new year? My conviction in reading this story throughout this last week is to follow the pattern of our Lord Jesus Christ, to become more aware each day of God's presence in my life, that each and every area of my life, my will, my motives, my parenting, my family, my call, my ministry, the way I drive, the way I respond and react in conversations and discussions in all of my relationships, to become more and more aware of God's presence in my life, to live into the presence of my God and Father. As the Apostle Paul says, to be aware of in God we live and move and we have our being. And like the old song says, that God would open my eyes that I would wake up and be alive in this world, in his world. Is that your hope for this year too? Like Jesus, to live into the presence of God, to become aware of his presence all around you as we live for Jesus Christ. I hope that's your hope. Makes all the difference in the world. Let us pray. Father, we look to you. We look to your grace and mercy that our eyes would be open further into your presence, that we would live knowing and acknowledging that you are all around us and by your Holy Spirit you live within us. Help us, like Jesus Christ, to become more aware of that each and every day this year as we celebrate your faithfulness. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us stand as we affirm our faith now. With the Nicene Creed, you'll find it on the back of your music bulletin. I will lead us. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, 
eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. You may be seated. I'd like to invite the ushers forward as we give of our tithes and offerings.
At the beginning of this new year, of this new year, we implore God's blessing upon our work and pray for the needs of this new year of grace. Let us pray. God of all times and seasons, Lord of the cosmos and planet Earth, Sovereign of human history, we lift our prayers to you. We thank you for guiding us by your Spirit to complete 2016. Now you open the door for us into a new year. You know this is a special year for Laguna Presbyterian Church. We look back over 100 years. We celebrate your faithfulness to us. You have blessed our congregation in many ways. We cannot number your blessings. We remember the names and faces of those who have journeyed with us and worshipped with us. Many are in your eternal presence this day. We believe they pray for us and would encourage us to persevere in your mission through us. Forgive us wherein we have failed you and not lived into your presence and power. Thank you for your mercy of forgiveness. Thank you for all that you have achieved through us. Lands, and buildings, and people, and programs, and weddings, and memorials, and children, and youth, and adults, and staff, and vision, and mission, and resources. Without your presence and power, all of this would not have happened. As we prepare to celebrate your faithfulness to us, inspire peace, unity, and purity among your people. Help us to grow in the knowledge and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Today we pray for those who cannot be with us due to illness or other trials or other circumstances of their lives. Bring healing to the persons whose names we cry out to you. We pray for our nation in this time of leadership change. Give wisdom and guidance to all elected officials. Bless our elders and deacons. Especially we pray for our session retreat this coming weekend. As our leaders formulate the new budget for 2017, may they be visionary and filled with love for your mission through us. Bless our offering of ourselves that we present before you this morning, symbolized in these financial gifts. Allow us to work our ways toward understanding and peace with those who differ from us. Throughout all time, you have blessed your people, O God, and dwelt amongst them. On the first day of this new year, inspire and guide us that all we do may, may find in you its beginning and fulfillment through Christ our Lord. Amen. You may be seated. We do live in the midst of times and seasons. And so this day, January 1st, 2017, 
we launch the new year. The one who is the Lord of history, the sovereign of all time, of every place, is in our presence this morning. And he says to us, this is my table. And all people are invited from east and west and north and south to come and sit at table in this kingdom to commune with the Lord and to know that the God of this cosmos is the very God whose spirit dwells in our hearts who leads and guides us into the beginning of this new year. So we give thanks to God for this invitation to come, to eat, to drink with all of God's people on this beginning day. May the Lord rest upon us and bless us as we give thanks to him for all his good gifts. Let us pray. O oh Lord, as we gather at this table, our hearts are filled with gratitude. We give you thanks for you give your word to call the worlds into being, your breath to make us in your image, your fertility to form your own people and to deliver from captivity, your mercy to welcome us back home from our straying ways. In Jesus Christ, you enter human history and give your life for the life of the world. You open wide your welcoming, reconciling arms of love. You give, we receive, and we are grateful. Send now in kindness your Holy Spirit on this bread and cup, that the bread we break and the cup we bless may be for us the body and blood of Christ. Send us out in gratitude as the body of Christ in this world to give to tell, to live, even as we pray for the day when your kingdom comes in its fullness, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead, and lead us not, not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. The Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, This is my body given for you. Eat of this in remembrance of me. Likewise, after supper, Jesus took the cup, and said, this cup is the new covenant, sealed in my blood. As often as you eat this bread and drink from this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Our ushers will bring you a row at a time. We invite you to come to take a piece of bread, to dip it in the cup, commune and return prayerfully down the side aisles. Let's pray together until all have been served, knowing that Christ is with us, that Christ in you, in us, is the hope of glory. Let us worship the Lord. Would our elders please come?
Christ in you, church. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace that you may overflow with hope by the power of his Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ our Lord. May God bless you in this new year. Happy New Year to you.